Okay, my do I sound normal? Yeah, you sound normal. Well, I mean, I mean, do I, I mean, sound normal? I, I mean, mean. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh my god, guys! You don't. Oh, I have to take a shower so bad. It's not even funny. How long has it been? Just a day, but you know, like I took a I took a hooker shower this morning. Oh, and, uh, so uh, we we call those a whore's bath, where you use like a facial <laughs> like a like a tea tree wipe yeah. on your armpits, <laughs> and I'm like, well, ready to go to the gym. Sorry, everyone. <laughs> Feeling frosty, everybody. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. So whore's bath. Wait, yeah, why? So why didn't you just take a shower? Um. Okay. So I woke up super late this morning, like 10 a.m., and it's like I hadn't, you know, the dog hadn't gone out for for a good 12 hours. So I was like, uh, I'm just going to take the dog out and start my day. I can't be bothered to come all the way back up to the third floor to take a shower. Lola, That's how my brain third works. Third floor. Yeah. Huh? I, I live in a three story townhome. For fuck's sake. Humble brag. Yeah. Okay. But well, like, wait, but all, are all of your bathrooms on the third floor? No, but I mean that's that's my main that's my master bath. So I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna take a shower in the first floor bathroom like a fucking peasant. Jeez, <laughs> come on, I don't even think I have. I don't even there. turn on hot water for my guests. I had two other people waiting on me to start this podcast. So I didn't want to be late. So, um, so the your, your politeness, the the impulse of British politeness, won out over the impulse of British property <laughs> Exactly. So, hey everybody, and welcome to episode ten of May We Geek Again. Uh, we're a little podcast where we talk about a show on the CW called The Hundred, and also we talk about property making and my inability to make property. Um, cause I'm, I'm a horrible monster who should be, I don't know, dumped by the side of the road. Um, I'm or Jen- over the side of a ship in Boston. You don't know. Oh, look at you. Yeah. Look at that um, American history. <laughs> Fuck you, British people. <laughs> Just kidding. Danny, don't stop listening. Um, I'm Jen. I'm joined by my co-host, uh, Joe and Shaheen. Hey guys. Hello. Hey guys. And everybody. Uh, I want everybody to wish Joe a happy birthday. It's her birthday tomorrow, right? Tomorrow. Though I guess I don't know when this post pod is coming out. So September twenty sixth. So keep that on your calendars, everybody. A happy birthday. Yeah. To Linda Hamilton. Just like to give one out there. She's you know the best one who shares a birthday with me. So. So what? I share I share a birthday with uh, Charles Darwin and Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> so suck it. I mean, um, okay, but who do you want on a on your side in a fight, like? I'm going to choose Sarah Connor. Uh, all fucking day, cyborg day. Abraham Lincoln, bitch. <laughs> right, um, of course, cyborg. And I, I grew up in Illinois, the land of Lincoln, so every year on my birthday, we didn't have school. So extra special for me. Obvi. Um, so, so happy birthday, Joe. Thanks. Hi. So um, we are talking about episodes uh, five through eight of season three of The Hundred. And... Let me be frank with everybody who's listening. These are a, these are a, this is a difficult block of, um, of episodes. Uh, obviously we know the controversy that, that spiraled out of, uh, episode seven with Lex's death and the manner of it. 
Um, I don't feel qualified uh, to speak on this entirely because I am not a a lesbian. I'm not a, a G- LGBT person. Um, and um, guess what? I'm an ignorant human being on, on issues like this. So I want to turn it over to you, Joe, as our resident... <laughs> I don't know what you want to call yourself. <laughs> the resident gay. Yeah, no, the resident gay. That works. The RG. <laughs> the RG. Not to be confused with the OG, but... Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. It, 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 we have to address... We want to address the controversy, but we don't want to dwell on it. So we're going to knock this out at the beginning of the podcast, and then we're going to get into the stuff that we usually talk about. So, Joe, take it away. All right. Um, so this, like, I, I kind of wanted to to speak to everyone as uh, an audience member who who really loves the show, um, loved the show before, a little shaky on it after this episode, but, you know, I, I wanted to address this sort of issue um, Right out. So as, as the resident gay on this podcast, um, I felt it was up to me to, to give a bit, a bit of perspective on the whole 307 controversy. And what follows is my personal experience and opinion with the storytelling choices uh, that the writers made and not anything about the behind the scenes actions of people involved in the show. Um, if you're interested in that, and I really do recommend uh, familiarizing yourself uh, with it as it is incredibly relevant to the wider audience outcry, um, check out uh, wedeservedbetter.com um, for a timeline complete with Twitter and Tumblr receipts uh, detailing sort of the queer baiting that happened and a wider context of why the barrier gaze trope is problematic. Um, check out lgbtfansdeservebetter.com. Um, and then, you know, there's also some fundraising and stuff going along with that. But definitely check those out if you're kind of interested in the outside of the show issues. Um Now that I got all of that out of the way, um, I'd like to talk about the actual death of Lexa. And let me right off the bat say that I thought Eliza Taylor and uh, Alicia Debnant Carey did a a phenomenal, I'm just going to call her ADC from now on, um, did a fucking, (laughs) I can't, I can't with that name, uh, did a phenomenal job in 307. And that the episode as a whole was probably one of the best of the show. Um, the way they cut between the flashbacks of Becca trying to save humanity versus the brutality of blood or blood must or must not have blood in Polis. It was it was stunning. It was it was a great episode, except for a little bit. Um, the death itself, it was problematic. And for this, I have to talk um, a little bit about what I like to call time traveling wounds. Um, way back uh, in May 2002, I was watching Buffy like live as it aired on TV because I think this was maybe even before TiVo or like right around that time. Um, I was in college uh, and it, the episode title was called Seeing Red, um, where Willow and Tara, the show's openly gay couple, uh, finally uh, reconnected after a temporary breakup. Um, they were shown in bed post-coitally being all cute and lovey. Later in the episode, Tara was shot and killed by a stray bullet in front of Willow, a bullet shot by an angry white male and a bullet meant for the show's blonde protagonist. At 18, I was devastated. I was just coming to terms with my own sexuality, and here was a rare glimpse of characters who were like me on TV. And what happens when you're gay on TV? Nothing good. Nothing good at all. Um, so to see Lexa killed by a stray bullet moments after she'd finally found happiness with the one other person who really got her, um, who made her feel whole and complete was an immediate flashback to 15 years before my heart was broken for teenage me. And I was angry for adult me because after 15 goddamn years, I was still having to deal with this shit. 
It was lazy writing and for the writers to say we weren't aware of the trope or we thought the episode itself carried the narrative above the trope is just a flat out lie or stupid or both. If they genuinely felt like they needed to kill Lexa for the story and arguing that point is an entirely separate issue, then they needed to be aware of what exactly they were doing. They'd created one of the best characters I've ever seen, a total badass um, who just happened to be gay, and she was masterfully played by ADC. And I would like to reiterate the point that just because there are a lot more gay characters on TV, simply saying they exist doesn't mean I have to like them. Much of the time, they're embarrassingly written, reduced to being their sexuality for the sake of diversity, um, you know, or just otherwise uh, just unsatisfying characters. But the writers did something amazing with Lexa, and then they copied Joss Whedon's homework and wrote her off in a lazy and totally not shocking way. That's right, it wasn't shocking. Some would argue that her death was telegraphed, and others would argue that the production team queerbaited an audience into thinking she would survive. But... We as lady gays have come to expect our deaths in the media. The only thing shocking about it uh, was that they did a, such a terrible job with it. And I invite you to also check out uh, Autostraddle's list of, um, I think it's 165 maybe at this point, uh, dead um, lesbian characters or bisexual women, female characters who have been killed on TV since like basically the beginning of whenever they started showing up. It happens a lot. I, I recommend you check out Autostraddle for that. Um, the moment an often lesbian queer character, uh, achieves happiness in love on a show, they are killed. And so to watch that play out once again on a show that had really been quite sensitive and inclusive in its treatment of LGBT characters was a slap in the face. I felt awful for a week after I watched it and I apologized to my girlfriend for being so like extra about it. Um, I'm a grown ass adult and yet I didn't sleep that night and I felt nauseous every time I thought about it. The way I explained it to her was that for some of us like indoor kids, you know, those of us who didn't date in high school, those who lived vicariously through the characters in books and TV and movies, um, certain characters meant a lot to us. They were the ones who we could identify with. They taught us that maybe we could be happy, um, that we could lead lives that were that were rich and fulfilling. What happened here was just reinforcing the trope that gay characters don't get the same storylines as their hetero leading counterparts. Um, in fact, if you're going to have sex, watch out because you will probably die in the next scene, quite possibly killed by your disapproving father figure. As for why I continued to watch the show. Listen, it was a shitty thing they did among other shitty things about season three, but I'm invested in the characters and where the story is going. I hope that in season four, they fix the things that they fumbled in season three. And to be honest, if I stopped watching a show every time they killed a gay, I legit wouldn't have any TV to watch. <laughs> But that's a separate that's shitty that. issue. Uh, though on a meta note, I am appreciating the sudden appearance of literal bulletproof vest wearing lesbians in a handful of other shows. Um, and to return to Buffy for just a moment, uh, and I don't think it counts really as a spoiler since it was in 2003, but in 2003, Willow got another girlfriend who was awful, by the way. But that's again getting back to the just because you're a gay character doesn't make you a good character. Um, and they actually showed them having sex, or as much sex as they could show, on network television for the first time. As in, nowhere else on television had two women been shown having sex on, on network. And I think it was only the year before that any queer sex had been shown on, on of all shows, Queer as Folk, which was on Showtime. Um, but anyway, hopefully the honchos on the hundred will, will learn from their mistake and do something groundbreaking in the future. 
So, so what I guess I'm saying is this. I still watch because Clark, Raven, Bellamy, Murphy, and everyone else are dear and precious to my heart. Plus, I'm holding out for Princess Mechanic and Brophy is Endgame. Um, so, 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 okay, so that's it. Like, that's the opinion of an old gay who was super sad for her younger gay self and all of the young gays who were watching that night. Thanks, Bravo. Joe. <laughs> Welcome. So, or Brava, whatever. Um, <sighs> whatever you're supposed to say. Yeah, are you going to snap? As... Like, because we're at a coffee shop? <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Thanks. Um, so, I, what... I guess I have the hundred to thank um, for showing me how ignorant I am. So thank you, hundred. Um, you have made me somehow a better person. Uh, I wrote my review of three oh seven, and it was rather tone deaf as I reflect back now. And Joe, what was your opinion of my review when you read it? So I had been following you on the subreddit, being like, "Oh, she replies to things with funny gifts," and I think I found your first review because. Um, Jason Rothenberg actually tweeted out one of your reviews, which was like kind of a big deal. And I told my girlfriend, I was like, oh my God, this Redditor, like the showrunner, he knows who she is. Like it was like a big deal. And so I'd been like reading your reviews. And then I read this one and I was like, wait, what? Like <laughs> that was kind of dismissive, like for how yeah. I, for how I felt, yeah. for how terrible I felt about the episode. And, yeah. you know, I thought, I thought we were cool and you know, why, why'd you have to do me like that? And yet somehow you agreed to do a podcast with me. So I know, uh, right? Like, uh, I, I guess you are a very forgiving person. So <laughs> as, as a straight white lady in America, um, with, uh, with, uh, I have to, so here's my thing. My brother is gay. Okay. Um, so I'm like, oh, my brother's gay. I get it. I'm a good ally. I'm all for LGBT rights, blah, blah, blah. And then, I utterly uh, uh, tripped over my own dick with that review. Um, you know, you maybe when discussing expression. lesbian issues, you don't bring giant dicks into it. Just, just more little stop. tidbits. I can't stop. I, I, I shit the bed on that one. Um, and I didn't, I didn't go back and revise it and retcon it because I think it's important because. Um, and and I and I acknowledged that I shit the bed and did an apology, um, because what I realized about <coughs> myself was what Joe you touched on. Um, I can't. I don't know what it's like to be a, a lesbian and watching my representation die on TV all the time, or having uh, having characters who are less than because. You know, they're poorly written because they're not, you know, the, the, the community isn't understood and they're, they're not deep characters. So I don't, I don't understand what it's like. And what I've learned from this, um, <clears throat> as an ally is that I don't always, I can't always give an opinion and I don't always have the right to give an opinion because it might be an ignorant one. What I have learned, um, is, is as an ally, the two things that I should be doing are listening, number one very important. And number two, amplifying the message of, of minorities who are affected by these issues. Um, so I think that's important, uh, not just for this issue, but for some other issues that are going on in America right now, that if you are an ally, you should listen and use your privilege to amplify. So that, that's what I have to say. And I, you know, I was, 
I was adversely affected by Lex's death too because I I thought she was going to survive the season because I'm a fucking idiot. Um, I, I I got I got baited by optimism, um, and I the 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 death and then the response to how she was killed killed a lot of my enthusiasm for the show for a long time. I still feel a little bit of a damper because of you know. How could they do us like that? And again, I'm just, I'm just me, uh, a stupid straight white lady um, who, who sees my representation on TV all the time. And that's not to say that we're written very well either. No, um, not necessarily. <laughs> no, there's a, lot of, there's a lot of representation out there that's done very poorly, even if you're the majority character, because a lot of TV is just written very poorly. So... I appreciate your stance on that, Joe. I appreciate your opinion and how you uh, expressed it. Um, so I think I think uh, Shaheen, unless you have any any uh, any takes on it, we can move on to the meat of what our show is is about. Yeah, I guess uh, along the lines that we were talking about before we started the podcast. Um, I just feel like um, to understand this issue better, there's some um, issue of how this, what happened in this show relates to what happens in other works, right? Um, and then there's also what happens on this show alone, right? As a standalone work. And then there, there's the issue of like, what was the intention of people who wrote it, right? Um, and what actually happened. Those are also separate things. Um, so yeah. <laughs> I feel like I, without, you know, I, I'm trying to understand everyone's experience, right? So um, I'm, it's, it seems like the writers seem to me, they didn't intend for this to happen. Yeah, I, I think that's a very Somehow, important Somehow, and it, it seems... I understand that it's unlikely because it's so similar to this other thing that happened. But, but I mean, obviously they're not against LGBT people, right? I mean, there are other LGBT people on the show, right? And there's like immediately after this, we, we have Brian Miller, uh, the, you know, so like, and, and then Lexa comes back, right? So they didn't even, um, so there was something, some mis disconnect there between intentions and what actually happened and then the history of it. So, um, yeah, I guess I just wanted to say that, um, in retrospect, those are all questions that we could ask, you know? Yeah. Um, but I, I, obviously I, I, when it was being aired weekly, the, the reaction that it created in people who were watching that, you know, nothing can, negate that obviously and that's something that's the reality that existed and that they caused you know so yeah <clears throat> i think it's i think it's very important for me at least to express my personal opinion that i don't believe that they meant to intentionally hurt anybody i don't think this was a uh, a homophobic uh thing that they did i think yeah. it was ignorance not understanding that the trope was still very much uh, prevalent um, and still very hurtful, and I think they thought that they could write, uh, they thought they could write themselves out of it. And 
it, let me be honest. It was a beautifully written episode. It was, save it was for an that, amazing episode. It was an amazing episode. So yeah. I, I don't believe that there is any ill will. Um, I, and I, I would, I would like to stress that everybody remember that, you know, Clark is still the bisexual lead of a show. And I don't think we have many bisexual leads of any shows or bisexuals in media, um, at, at all. Um, so right. let's let's not I mean even I, from I, like a marketing standpoint if you think about it they wouldn't want that reputation to be ruined. No, but know? they did they did so. ruin the reputation. They 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 did they did harm to themselves unfortunately and um and they they didn't you know but I think I think in the grand scheme of things it it's a net positive if you step back as a fan of the show and say in general they elevated the visibility of this whole issue far more um, than they probably ever wanted or intended to. But it's now, I, I think Hollywood and media is changing where, where more women are being included, more minorities are being included. You can see a, a slight change on TV. You see shows like Atlanta happening. You see shows um, with, with female leads. And then, you know, the, the Emmys just last week. Yeah. You, we've sci-fi, got, like some genres that aren't like the normal yeah, white male. Got, yeah, you've got or you've got um, you've got women directors uh, winning Emmys. You've got um, you've got uh, you know uh, Egyptian American uh, male leads in sci-fi shows. I don't know if Mr. Robot is sci-fi, but it's definitely genre. So you've got like things that are changing, and it's 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 going to be a slow change because you've still got. You've still got people in power who like to be in power and give other people who look and talk like them the same type of power. But it's important. These are sea-changing moments. And We Deserve Better came out of 307. And, um, you know, it as a fan of the show, it hurts because, why, you know, why did you have to do that? But at the same time... Positive shit's going to come out of it. And we're going to get women. We're going to get LGBT leads. We're going to get minority leads. Um, you know, so I think it's important. So let's talk with about that. that. I also, can Let, I let's... also ask, I, I wanted to ask a question. Uh, Joe and I were talking before the podcast and um, I was asking, like, so do you think that um, if we just look at the hundred itself, do you think that there's a bias against uh, LGBT characters in terms of like when they die or like does happiness last for them? Happiness um, doesn't last for anybody on this show, dude. So that's what I'm asking. Like, do you think it's equally like, do you think misery is equally distributed or do you think um, I in think, your experience? I, 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 I think, think given that certain characters, like, one of the main ones that people point back to is the fact that Jas- Jasper survived a spear to the heart um, <laughs> and Lexa didn't survive, you know, a, a bullet, shot in the gut, t- a shot in the gut, you know, and there, yeah. there are a few other moments. Um, so whether or not anybody gets a happy ending, I, I think we're going to have to see what kind of the end game of the show is. And I think that they're going to have to be really careful about how they write the end game for, you know, the, the, the end of the show and how these characters end up because yeah. it's going to be really, and you know, it, it, it's going to be really fucking problematic optically if Clark ends up with a straight white male. 
Like yes, that's going to be a real problem. Um, and, but, and we're we're talking about the larger context of the show and what it means socially and to the fans and stuff. Within its own universe, it could do whatever it wants. But mm-hmm. now the show, because of what they did to Lexa, has elevated their visibility. And you're right, Joe. The optics could be very, very poor. And it, but people will then say, "Well, she's bisexual, so she so it's by erasure if you say that she could only end up with with a woman." Well, I think the writers kind of wrote themselves out of options. Um, and this is just me personally saying what I think would be, you know, a bad choice for them because they are now, they are now in the political sphere. And I mean political in a very general term. They're, they're in the sphere now of, of social issues because of what they did. So I would think, I would hope, this is my hope, that they feel that they have a responsibility to... Um, not do what other shows consistently do, and that's pair off the the bisexual with the straight white male because that's because that's basically h- how a lot of these storylines go. Well, and I know it, once it again, invalidates it's, her previous relationships with women. That said, that that said, but it, but isn't gay, that by erasure then? If you're saying, the oh, well, she can only end up with a woman; otherwise, she's not really. It's, it's it's so nuanced to me. It's Isn't very, the best very solution to just uh, kind of kill her off? Yes. <laughs> no, to not get offended I mean, no by either one. Now Clark. that we realize either option, there's a reason to get offended by it. That means there's also a reason to not get offended by it, right? Uh, so, it's it's so tough. I mean, can I, we just I, not get offended by these things? As long as they no, don't. No, we're, to harm. we we are now in a society where everyone takes offense at everything. So <laughs> not everyone's as chill as you, Shaheen. Not everyone yeah, is welcome like to the as generation mellow. of welcome to the generation of of taking offense at everything. <laughs> chill out. But, Chill out, everybody. <laughs> just grab everyone periodically and shake them, shouting, chill out. That goes, so that goes over really so well. I, I'm writing bullet point notes um, throughout this for our for our like little snippet that we put on the podcast thing, because I, I, it's just easier for me to do it that way rather than listen to the whole fucking thing over again. Um, so I'm just going to write down, Shaheen says, chill out. <laughs> That's, you yeah, know, that, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, that sounds right. Let's let's talk about so the then, show. Yeah, let's let's talk about the show. So let me give you guys some episode details. And thanks for sticking with us, guys. You yeah. know, this is an important conversation to have, even though it's 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 a conversation that's had over, been had over and over and over again about the show. I think um and I'm happy to talk from, about more of this on Reddit or if you want to engage with us on Twitter. Like this is something that like I'm happy to have like respectful, not flame war discussions about. Like it's important, I think, that we, you know, be adults at this point. Yes. Um, and again, remember, if, if you are not a minority member that this affects, listen and amplify. Use your pri- uh, privilege to... Unless you hate gays, in which case, that's fuck your... Off. That's a fuck, fuck right off. <laughs> fuck right off. So... <laughs> Oh, this this is going great, guys. Half our audience <laughs> leaves, turns out everyone was a bigot. <laughs> <laughs> Except for the people who are really into Brophy and Brown. I mean, so okay. So in re- in regards to that, I I have a question. I don't know if this is a good poll question because it's so limited in scope. But here's the scenario, guys. Okay, paint me a word picture. <sighs> so we write we write Brown 
uh, fan fiction. Okay. And first, first chapter, uh, I don't, I don't know. Uh, Mm. We write Brone fan fiction. We lock Danny, capital chick, and um, Bubbles? Bubbles into a room together and give Mm. them the first chapter and say, second chapter has all the smut in it. (laughs) The person who emerges from this room victorious gets the second chapter. Who would you put your money on? (laughs) (sighs) I feel like Danny's too sweet in English for like really good dirty stuff. But I don't, don't know. She you, might surprise me. You don't think she could scrap for a, a chapter of, of Brone Smut? I think she totally could. Is she that thirsty, though? I think that all three of them would be thirsty for some good Brone slut, Smut. I'd write some good stuff, guys. I guess I'm committed to writing tweet it. Us, tweet us your dirty, dirty, uh, weird pairing fan fiction, please. Or oh, not. God. <laughs> I've just opened the just floodgates not Cab- to Just not Abby and Bellamy. I just... Uh, Something really weird. I totally actually read it and Are you serious? <laughs> um I think so here's the thing. There is a very, very different way that <sighs> that certain <laughs> actions and certain vocabulary words are used uh in different orientations of fan fiction, I guess. Um, it, uh, I mean, it's out there, people. If you, if you were hunting for, and apparently it turns, uh, never mind. I'm not even going to give any spoilers. Never mind. Let's move on. It's all right. Let's move on. So <laughs> let me give you guys the episode so, four, five through. Oh, wait, five, wait, what was your question, Shaheen? Oh, I, I uh, wanted to ask about I Abby wanted, and Bellamy Smut. <laughs> Please no, I do. wanted to ask if, if we, um, get into the other stuff, that means we're not coming back to Lex's death. No, we'll talk take- about, we can talk about Lex's death. We just won't talk about the the larger societal context and the okay. issue, the LGBT issue. Yeah. Okay. So I mean, it's kind of get- related, but we can talk about it later. All right. Okay. okay so let me get into the episode deets. Um, episode five is Keldema, written by Charlie Craig. Episode six, Bitter Harvest, written by Kira Schneider. We've got episode seven is thirteen, written by Javi. I'm not going to try to say his his full name because I can't say the last. The last part. And then episode eight is Terms and Conditions, written by Charlie Craig. So we've got two Charlie Craig uh, episodes here. Both, I thought, were were really, really good. Um, so let's start talking about some major themes touched on these episodes. So um, let's talk about... Joe, what do you want, what do you want to talk about? Because you haven't um, been... You haven't, we haven't been speaking a lot so far on this podcast, so let's go Yeah, I, I know. Like, way to put me on the spot. Like, I thought I thought you would go to Shaheen first. Oh, let's but, go to uh, Shaheen first. Yes. Okay, Shaheen. Um, pick, a, <laughs> pick, a, pick a key theme that you would like to, to talk about. Um, I want to talk about the City of Light. Of course you're doing. Shocking. I am absolutely God, you shocked. You have the largest City of Light boner ever. <laughs> Why is it always big dicks with you? Damn. I didn't say it was a big dick. I just said boner. Good lord. You said the biggest it always light big? Why is it always big dicks with you? You tell me. I don't know. <laughs> this, is, this is the weirdest podcast. Tell us so about far. your boner, Shaheen. <laughs> tell us about the City of Light, Shaheen. Bo- so, boner optional. Yeah, I see. Jen, you have uh, the struggle against pain and suffering under uh, yeah, it, your theme. Yeah, it, so this is related. Yeah. Um, and that how Ali says that if we get Raven, 
everyone else will follow. And so the question that I wanted to ask is, is the City of Light, is what Ali is offering up to this point, um, a good thing or a bad thing? Um, I mean, I assume up to this point, there is no coercion and there is no mind control or anything, right? So what the chip does is it disables your uh, pain receptors. And I, I don't think that it's supposed to like make you numb. So it, it probably just uh, disables the the strong That's pain tough. pain yeah like the pain that would bother you. Um, no, uh, Raven was Raven was noticeably happy in episode was it uh, six? Uh, I can't remember. I only to yeah. be honest, guys, I only watched five and six. I could not watch seven and eight again. Full disclosure. What? Okay. Uh, but also, also, full, also full disclosure, I've watched all of these episodes in real time and did multiple rewatches um, the weekend after they aired to write my uh, write my reviews. And it happened in this year. So my faulty memory is still holding up. I, I know what happens in the episodes. So I, I just could not bring myself to watch seven and eight. Um, Sorry, guys. So. <laughs> Yeah, so anyway, it, it takes away your pain, both physical and mental. Sure. And um, it gives you the opportunity to live this in this um, simulated world after you die. So when you die, your consciousness is preserved in this um, and you can continue. And it takes away memories of anything that, if you were to remember, would bother you, would, would cause pain for you. Uh, uh-huh. That includes, you know, people that... Um, died. You knew, and people who died, you know, people who you well. loved. Um, and it connects people's minds, so they share one, in a way, they all share one consciousness, although they, they still have mm. their individuality. I, 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 I would disagree with that, Shaheen. I don't think it could. I've never saw an indication that they shared consciousnesses with one another. I got the feeling that. Up till now, or like at all? At all. I got the feeling that, like, they started to appear as though they shared um, a consciousness or a purpose once Allie uh, took over their free will. But that was just Allie directing them. Mm-hmm. I don't think they well, were sharing Well, what I mean by that is that anything that uh, is on one of their minds is everyone else has access to, right? I don't... I, it's not that, that they're all me, thinking the same way. Well, no, for example, but, when Raven came out of it... Um, you know, she she had learned all kinds of stuff that she didn't know before. So the indication seemed to be like uh, from Ali. Never, it was never appear- apparent that it was from any other individuals in the City of Light. What well, Ali it, herself? Ali. Um, I mean, Ali isn't really separate from it. Ali herself gathers ev- the information on everyone's mind, right? So they're all sort of connected to this um, hive mind, to this pool of all the information that they, they that they all have um and yeah so, wait, so do you think that that if you're connected I, to the city of light you can read other people's minds or um, is it just like I, like a I, like a like a interbrain walkie-talkie that you can talk to other people but they can't necessarily read you unless you like transmit something to them yeah i'm not sure i'm not sure how that works because there's a point at which clark says what 
one sees, they all see, and what one hears, they all hear. But I take it that's, it's not as though, like I said, it's not as though it's, it's echoing throughout everybody's mind at the same time. But I think they have some sort of access to it. Um, I, I think what, I think, this is a simplistic way, but this is how I understand it. The the information that an individual sees or hears is taken in, re- relayed to Allie, and, and Allie can relay it to any individual or individuals that, that she, she wants. wants. So she's I a dispatch. I, I think that I think that each individual is just their own little subroutine, and Allie has access to them all kind of simultaneously. But but like like Abby over there under the the influence of the city light, and Raven over there under the influence of the city light. They don't necessarily share any sort of of thoughts or, or feelings or anything like that. It was never, that was never ever um, uh, expressed in any sort of way that that would make me think that there is a, an interconnection between them. Otherwise, they would never have to communicate to, with one another verbally in the city of light. They would just look at each other and do mind shit. But that's not good TV. If everyone's um. just staring at each other, it would just wait. What what is the show about staring? It would just be basically like the movie Carol, except set in Vancouver. Okay, no, well, anyone I, see I, Carol? I I'm sorry, was- I don't I don't watch gay shit. <laughs> so are you we saying found that- the bigot? <laughs> Go ahead, Shaheen. So Jen, what's your theory about how uh, Raven learned uh, programming? Well, I Allie think that Allie, yeah, Allie Why gave would it to Allie her because, teach her how to hack into the city of light? Because Allie was looking for, for version two of her program. So she was giving her all the information that she needed to try to find a uh, version two of her program. Now, remember, Allie, need to teach her Raven to is a mechanic. Code. Raven is a mechanic. Well, again, that's a liberty that, that I think that the show takes. But, but Raven is a mechanic. It's never, it's never expressed anywhere in the show other than in, in season three that she knows how to do any shit with computers um, other right. than uh, maybe said, fix them. So I think Allie, I think Allie gave her the, the I think Allie gave her the, the knowledge she needed to try to find her on the arcs mainframe. Having just watched uh, the matrix last night, it's basically Raven knows Kung Fu now. Like yeah. that's, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Raven it's is it's like she was just connected to that pool of information. Uh, and someone in that pool knew this programming. Someone knew other languages, you know. No one would know. No one learned. knew. It's Allie. Allie is a supercomputer, dude. No one would know that. It's grounders and and the only other person who might be a programmer would be like Monty, but he was never chipped. Like there's and, not a lot uh-huh. of like comp sci. Well, happening. yeah, no, the programming would be Allie, but like. Um, there's a point where Sinclair is like, what else did you learn that no one taught you? Um, yeah, so ex- exactly. Was- so I, I think that's, I think that's the important thing is that she learned it from Allie because Allie needed Raven. So, so Allie gave Raven the the necessary knowledge to try to find version two of her on the dark mainframe. I don't think that she would have given that to anybody else um, unless she was using them for that very specific purpose. I don't think Allie is generous in that, in that respect. She doesn't know the meaning of generosity. She only knows I need to get from point A to point B. How do I get there and, and who do I need to get there? And that's, that's basically her, you know, her program. She doesn't think, she doesn't think outside the box other than how to achieve what she needs to achieve. Anyway, so um, the, the question is, is, is this a good thing or a bad thing? Well, that's, that's, the, the, that's the more interesting question you ask. 
uh, Shaheen, is is it a good thing or a bad thing? Uh, I, I guess right sorry. now in, in these episodes, it's a good thing. Yeah, it doesn't seem bad until all of a sudden, like at first, uh, Jaha forgetting about Wells, you're like, oh, well, okay, that's that's weird. But like, and they definitely drew attention to it, but it was still a little bit of a throwaway. I think it's not until episode eight where Raven freaks out because she can't remember Finn. She can't remember her first kiss that like we as the audience are like, oh, like not only do you lose sort of the bad memories, but if a person is touched by a bad memory, you lose everything else that that person in your memory has yeah. touched. And my you question know? is, is that a bad thing? Well, well yeah, I mean... Why is know. that important? Why is the memory of that dead person so goddamn important that she must paralyze herself? She Basically what she said before she took the chip was, I have no option left. I can't uh, do what I used to do. And I can't be that person who's always asking for help. That's just not who I am. So she was running out of options. Why is the memory of that person so important? Person who's died and can do nothing to you anymore. Um, that you have to basically be miserable and dysfunctional for the rest of your life. Um, just so that you remember them. And remember that memories, they're not like camera recordings of what happened. Memories are fictions that your own mind creates to encode stuff that happened to you. It's it's constantly changing. What you remember about something is going to be very different in five years and sure. 10 years. Um, you're making it up as you go. Every time you remember it, you add something to it or you subtract something to it. It's ref it, it reflects who you currently think you are. Uh, and besides, then, then I mean... What is this idea of who you are anyway? What is this idea that this is part of who I am? That doesn't, that's not a thing. Who you are changes every day. You can change it every day. You can choose to be who you are. And but, okay, it changes so anyway. Over time, over time it changes. I mean, you're not the person who you were five years ago. And we don't think that that's, that's a bad thing. We just think you changed. And that includes forgetting some people or not thinking about them as often anymore. Um, you know, but you're fine with that. You're like, well, this is who I am now. I think so, well, I, your argument of just like, you know, yeah, memory is not to be trusted. It changes. You change who you are. Absolutely. Like that in itself. That's, but that's I can't true. argue with that. But that's all if, you are, though. But if we're talking, yeah, like if we're talking about what happens with this story. Okay, let's say she loses Finn as her memory. Um, mm -hmm. What's to stop how much has Finn touched in her life that she then wouldn't be able to remember in terms of like other little insignificant things that did shape who she became. Eventually she is not herself. She then is simply Allie. And so I think that's what freaks her out. It's not necessarily that she's like, Oh, this is a bad thing. Um, because I don't feel good anymore. It is Holy fuck. Who am I anymore? And that's what I mean, there her. was no indication that this was going to progress and become, you know, that she's going to forget more and more, right? It's just that... But how uh, does she know that? There's no assurances. This, and the only person that she can ask is Ali or Jaha, who are both unreliable in terms of providing that truth. Yeah, they're, 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 they're very bad narrators because they both have an agenda. I would argue that memories know, are really... We know that Ali's goal was to, to make life better for you, so... Uh, that's all she cares about. She doesn't, she's not trying yeah, but, to like. 
But her definition of that change isn't necessarily the same thing that a human's definition is. Making life better for her means taking away pain. And pain is an essential part of who we are, and it makes the joy and happiness that much deeper. It, it, gives, it gives context to the good things that happen. Because if you don't have, hap- if you don't have pain, how can you appreciate happiness? But, um, I mean, that's and- kind of, you know, that's, uh, that's kind of question begging. Because Ali is saying, look, I have a way. I'm going to make, make it so that you're always appreciating you're always happy and you're always appreciating it. Now, you're saying that's impossible. Well, okay, but the premise is that she's doing this. Uh, she's doing something, changing the brain, the way your brain works in such a way that you're always happy. So it's not the case that you need to have, you need to experience some sadness in order to be happy. Apparently not. Yeah, but I would also argue back to your point about memories and stuff like that. We are nothing but our memories, except for this this exact millisecond. Oh, sorry. This millisecond. No, I'm sorry. This millisecond. Like, I only exist millisecond by millisecond. Everything in my life is a memory. Like, two seconds ago, I just said everything in my life is a memory. So that's basically, like, everything from this point. (laughs) I, I don't know. Did I? Everything yes. from this point into the past makes who I, you know, constitutes who I am, whether it's memory. So, okay. But if you're willing so to give that, that up. All right. Like, so we know asking. that it's, it's like I, very easy. It's very easy to plant memories in people's minds. Sure. Um, all you need to say is that you confirmed it with, I mean, there are experiments where they bring people in and they tell them we contacted your parents and they told us that when you were 12 or something, you were lost in the mall, for example, and this old lady saved you or something. And they were pulled, the police came or you stole something and the police came or something. And uh, a very large number of people, much larger than would have actually been true, uh, eventually remember those things, quote unquote, remember them. Um so that's just to say that your memory is a story that you keep telling yourself until you believe it. So if you if you think if you, you're saying that's who I am, but Here, that's always changing. So you're always changing. Wait, so Shaheen, you're saying that the lie of our memories is in no way different than the lie that Ali that a lie is is giving you? <laughs> like is um, that right? I mean. Yeah. And so what's 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 the problem with this lie versus another lie? Yeah. I think I think that becomes free will. Like that's what Clark chose for her people was free will. Well, at this point there is no taking no one's free will is taken away. Yeah. Yeah, that's why when you when you ask the question is this a good thing or a bad thing? Right, right now, now it's in fine. the story, it's a good thing. Including uh, the memory thing. Is it a good no, thing? No, no because no because we don't we don't really understand what's going on until after this batch of episodes until fallen uh, or wait, well, things change in that. When, when did, when, uh, I'm sorry, guys. When did, um, when did Raven and Jasper have the conversation about Finn? Was that in 08? Did I, that's in 08. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, so, uh, ignore what I just said. So we do get an inkling that, um, the good, the good stuff is going, is, is getting cut out along with the bad stuff. 
So, oh, the Cleveland Browns, the Cleveland Browns. So, okay. So, um, including the memory effect, you're saying that the chip is not a good idea. Um, I think at the, I think at the very beginning, um, including, sorry, the including of this the memory effect, but without thing. the coercion and without the, uh, mind control there's, so you have your free will, but no, some no, of no, these no, memories no, no, no. are taken away. No, no. I, I think that as soon as we start to realize that the good memories are also cut away along with the bad memories and that, you because know, they might be tainted, Raven, I guess. Yeah. Cause they can't, cause Raven can't remember Finn. That's when we start realizing that the, the things that, that constitute who we are, regardless of, of what you think a memory is, um, is, is being, is being stripped away from these, these people. So, but if you a haven't memory, explained to me what you mean by who we, by that phrase, who we are. So, so I guess my question is, think about somebody you were close to in your life who is, who has passed. I mean, maybe, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. uh, grandparents, whatever, parents, um, would you, would you rather live a life having that person completely extracted from your memory because of the pain of their death? Or would you rather have a life that has a little bit of, of that pain? Or, or would you want to have all access to all the memories of that person? Because, you know, that person, you know, threw you a, a, a birthday when you were 12 years old or put a, 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 a Band-Aid on your knee when you skinned it or tucked you into bed and, and read you stories or drove you to soccer practice or, you know, he bought you your first car. You know, that, that type of stuff is like... Right, but Shaheen's going to say that if you so, don't, if it's gone, then what does it matter? Because you never so, are going to yeah, remember it I anyway. Mean, look, because what, but that's a, that's a that, piece of who you that, are, though. Knowing that what I remember from them is largely <clears throat> confabulated anyway. And that's what that's what you believe, but that's your belief. You think you are making up stories about that person. That's I don't, a scientific I don't think fact. It's, that's it's a, a fact. scientific fact that none of that stuff actually happened. No, not that none of it happened. It's just that but what every you time remember you read, is what you want to Call up a memory. It's different. It will be different. Um, but anyway, uh, knowing that and, and assuming that this is important, assuming that remembering this person, remembering the good parts of this person entails that I'm going to be dysfunctional, depressed, and unable to do anything productive for the rest of my life, uh, of course I would forget them. Who cares? <laughs> they died. They can't wow. make any difference Shaheen anymore. Shaheen the sentimentalist. Oh yeah. So I guess Shaheen, you're just built differently then. This than is a lot why. Of other this is why. Why you need would pets? I make the rest of my life a misery just to remember someone? What is so, so you important? Would have, you would have lived in the matrix. <laughs> you would have <laughs> taken the blue pill. Is what you're telling me. No, I'm not surrendering in the entirety of my consciousness to some to someone else. I'm just saying this one memory bothers me. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, my mind will probably let go of it anyway. How do I get healed anyway? Is by forgetting those things, by not remembering them as clearly anymore. No, um, it's by not having them at the forefront of your mind every single day. Um, you know. I mean, uh, that's just another another term for forgetting. I mean, you remember it's, some, it's, you kind of not, remember the concept of it, but it's not emotionally attached anymore. Um, 
And, I, and, you I, know, I guess, if you look I, at I, guess it, I disagree because because there's a shit ton of of stuff in life that has bad memories associated with it, but it also has good memories associated with it. And it just seems to me that you'd be like taking away so much of a person's context of their life that w- what what is left of them? Just like that just, one memory of Finn, like Raven's not Raven anymore. She's she remembers everything else she learned in zero G mechanic class she remembers everything that she's done you know so so basically she's a uh, an automaton who can do stuff but why as far is she as an, automaton? an emotional she can, life she can she still get... fall in love with people who are alive she and can... and it's and as soon as they do something bad to her she'll forget them she remembers memories of people who aren't associated with pain and suffering and and paralysis for her um so the the thing that we the thing that we never uh the thing that was never explored is is it, every every person like uh Jaha and Raven were used to specifically show that Jaha forgot Wells and Raven forgot Finn but it didn't show the the totality of that sort of thing. So I would imagine that that Raven would also forget Clark because Clark killed Finn. Um She'd also forget um, Wick because Wick uh, was a painful memory. There's so much like they were given very specific things, but I think if you if you stood stood back and you took like a tally of her entire life and everything bad that had happened to her, you'd cut away so much of who she was. Uh, and of course, the show can't do this, but you'd cut away so much of who she was that being Raven is a meaningless thing anymore. She's just like. A brainstem at that point with a presence in the city of light, but she doesn't have any sort of context to her life anymore because so much of it would just be, oh, painful, erase, painful, erase. I mean, it's just, to me, that's a meaningless existence. Um, and Shaheen, uh, you would, you would get rid of all this pain in an instant. You would make a horrible Catholic. Let me tell you that. <laughs> you, you do not, you do not suffer like a. He'd show up and be like, so where's the crackers and juice? Yeah, um, I mean, I grew up in a Catholic family. My my mom thought that that all of life was pain and suffering, and we should offer it up to God. And that's why now, at this point in my life, I'm saying fuck all that shit. <laughs> that makes no fucking sense. Uh, but we we that is a very interesting discussion. But I think we need to we need to move on because um, yeah, we could sit here all day and and discuss that. Uh, and uh, Joe never. What do you think, Joe? Oh, about. <sighs> I mean, okay. It's hard, so, Joe. No, it's, it's it's a totally hard question because on the one hand, if you're like, okay, if only the painful memories go away, like if only the pain, physical, mental, whatever, go away, okay, like I can definitely see the appeal of that because, like, though at the same time, does it really matter unless something is a recent pain? Because I have you know plenty of painful things that have happened in my life, but enough time has passed that yeah, I don't really need anyone to take it away. Like, it doesn't bother me anymore. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it it's smart. Yeah, like, I think about it and I'm like, oh, that sucked. Okay, like, I've moved on. Like, unless I can I can see the appeal if there was something really, really immediate, which I think is, again, what sort of the purpose of Raven was because she had this immediate physical pain yeah. that yeah. was that was her big thing. Um, because she she didn't need Finn to, to be taken away from her mind. Like, she had coped enough. She had moved on enough to where it was painful, but she had dealt with it in, you know, a way that, that humans so do. That wasn't so clear to me. My, my, my impression was that 
part of the, the whole point was that she's still um, under psychological stress also because of everything that happened to her. Sure, and but well, I, don't, I, I don't think it was... You know how the hundred likes to move past psychological yeah, pain? Yeah, nobody gets to grieve. Get, get your <laughs> shit together and move it along. No, unless Except you're for Jasper. Jasper. Unless you're and Jasper. that's what I'm saying. I mean, basically, the argument would come down to... Uh, Jen's argument would come down to we should never treat mental illness. No, that's not what I'm saying. How am I saying... Mental because illness is completely different from pain. That is completely that is completely different from from uh, emotional or psychological pain. Well, again, you're you're, you're using a you're using is. a uh, you're using a uh, uh, stuff Promise? on the ends of the bell curve to to define my whole stance, and that that's not what I'm saying. Well, I mean, like if you think of a mental illness like uh, intrusive thoughts, right? That's just like a memory that keeps coming back and bothers the person. Right, and but if you we try to give them drugs to, to get it. rid of that, like if if it's giving me problems to be schizophrenic, I don't think it's against my true self to like seek help for that. But there are some people who enjoy the mood swings uh, for whatever reason because mm-hmm. not having them doesn't make them feel like they are existing in this world you know everything yeah. is dull and muted so i think in that yeah, case it's a personal people, choice but yeah. Allie didn't offer that as a choice if it had just been like hey raven that pain in your leg i can deal with that but everything else like you will still have the same like mental uh you know history that you already had like that would be very different i think that that was kind of the issue like i know that you want to see the city of light as this kind of like great thing and i think that <laughs> it could have been but Ali didn't understand humanity enough to be able to program it in such a way that like it would be a tenable solution. Yeah. And you know, and that's, that's the issue. Ali doesn't understand humanity enough. And Jaha is the best used car salesman in the world who does not disclose. Um, and maybe because he doesn't necessarily realize it, he doesn't no, disclose the negative things of the city of light. He, and and that, that's the problem with Jaha. And I think, I think maybe, um, in the next batch of episodes, we kind of discuss um, Jaha's agency and, and his understanding of, of the City of Light. And because oh. I'm never clear, quick like, question: How autonomous is he from Allie, and how much is he like, like just saying what she wants him? To, I don't know. I, I can't tell. Quick yeah, question, I mean, Joe. Uh, related to that issue, we we saw um, Jaha and Allie clearly disagree on. Uh, disagree with each other when they were talking to Pike. When Jaha was talking to Pike, uh, <laughs> Ali clearly disagreed with how Jaha was handling that conversation. Um, so yeah, there's clearly they're not the same mind. Things, yeah, things well, that I wish that we had seen when our delinquents took the chip, uh, most notably Raven. Like mm-hmm. we didn't see her in the City of Light. Like I kind of would have liked yeah. to have seen yeah, other we people never, we, enter the we City never of Light. Did see her. Like she never saw it. Uh, we we did end up seeing uh, Jasper in it at the very end. Like, and we but, saw Maury. She's not a delinquent, but she. I think she's an important. Uh, this know, this gets back to our that. like first very first episode. Where we were like, well, I wanted more City of Light. Like yeah. <laughs> I wanted I wanted an entire season of City of Light. Like I wanted grounder it's, shit. And if we had to have this Arcadia shit at the same time, fine. City of Light actually rolls into next season. Look, um, I'm not I'm not an expert, guys, but I think shutting down the city of Vancouver to shoot is probably a little expensive. I mean, green screen. Come on now, like get green. Get, nobody wants that shit. <laughs> nobody wants. Nobody wants uh, episodes one through three of Star Wars. Nobody wants to see that. Um, 
So, All right, so guys, moving on. let's move on. Joe, do you have any? Um, no, no. I mean, I think I think we can move theme, on to like themes another, that you like, want. Wait, what? What was that? No, uh, we can we can move on to like non themey things if we okay. if we need to. All right, so let's talk about favorite world building moments then. I I think let's see. I think we have some. Um, I think we have a shared one. Joe, is that we we really love the the Becca Promhead in the Thirteenth Station shit that, shit that happened so in three hundred seven. Cool. It was so fucking cool. I was like, I didn't expect. Um, I didn't expect what we saw of the Thirteenth Station, um, and the the cool part was like Becca's kind of shitty. Like <laughs> on the one hand, like you feel horrible for her character because like. Fuck, like, she is actually kind of sort of maybe really actually responsible for the end of the world. Like, she actually, yeah, she she and her cohorts actually like, are. She's, she is the, uh, she is the, the honcho. The, she's the head honcho of Polaris. Yeah. Um, um, which is a corporation. Like, but so, so on the one hand, like, you have, you have that, like, you know, she feels awful for this. And on the other hand, it's like, she has this hubris, this genius sort of, like, self- assuredness that like she can fix this problem whether exactly. or not make it worse or better like she's like i'm not giving up and on the one hand that's sort of noble like she wants to fix her problem but on the other like you know you have um the captain of polaris being like you need to fucking stop like do you see what happened um you know because they don't know exactly you know the de- the finer details of what she's trying to do and you don't really trust a crazy person saying i promise this will work <laughs> She's um, just a misunderstood genius. Yeah, I, I really, all. really like that we saw Becca. I, I, I find her character sort of fascinating of like, she's a genius. She feels terrible about what happened. She feels compulsion to fix it because she is, you know, she's one of those, you know, she's like up there with like any of your tortured geniuses in in history who do great and terrible things. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And what I really liked about it was, you know, we had heard about the 13th station uh, and mm-hmm. they, they kind of like, to. yeah, they, they kind of skirted around the issue because they, that, because nobody on the arc, like, uh, like Finn or for Abby or even Jaha, nobody really knew what happened with the 13th station. They just knew it was kind of like, something this forgotten. Funky. yeah, something funky and, and kind of, uh, a forgotten part of unity day. Um, so I I really liked how they finally explained what the 13th station was. And it obviously is Polaris. It was Becca's company's uh, uh, space station or satellite up in space. How, how did we forget this? This is my question. Like, very obviously, the 13th station was blown out of the sky. And, like, what kind of cover-up must have happened on the arc to, like, be able to kind of rewrite that history? Like, how was that not known? Like, it's not like it well, was, like, 500 years ago. It was, well, you know. Well, it was known. It's just that people didn't know the details no, of it. No, uh, yeah. It, well, okay. So, I think I think what happened was I think that the people in charge who blew it up probably didn't admit to it except to other people who are in power. So the the folks, yeah. the, the regular everyday folks in Farm Station and Mech Station and all that, um, you know, the citizens, they didn't know the the true uh, nature of what had actually occurred. Um, that At least that was my take on it. Because, um, Joe, are a you lot do... Of, I mean, we know about a lot fuck. of events. We know about there, a lot of events because the uh, government, the U.S. government, the governments of Western democracies, they release... 
or declassify a lot of their uh, information per- periodically. Yeah, but if you look at other countries where that doesn't happen, um, there is a lot of stuff that we kind of just know happened, but we don't know who did what and what exactly went down, you know. Yeah, um, like ur- that, urban that urban tales, basically, or urban stories. Yeah. Or Tiananmen Square, I guess, if you're in China. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that that never really happened if you're Chinese. No. Um, <laughs> it, it just, it's, it's, I, I guess it's one of those things where I really enjoyed learning about the 13th station, but kind of like to, to our point where there seems to be a lot of stuff that is glossed over that they just don't remember. Like, like. It's weird. I'll call back to like season one. Like, why wouldn't Octavia know that that statue was Abraham Lincoln? I mean, is it is it maybe not relevant? Like, why would you take U.S. history? I mean, why wouldn't you? But why would you? You know, well, like, you know, we've got we've got 13. We got 12 different stations. Um, Most of them are are uh, uh, all I think all of them were uh, country stations when they came together. Yeah. Um, so again, we're I'm glad the not American looking accent at one out, you know, for yeah, exactly. you know, USA. So, I mean, if you, if you think about it, it's like, why would we have us centric history? But again, Abraham Lincoln is not like a, a footnote in American history is one of the most important, uh, figures in American history. So if you're talking about like important figures throughout the world, you talk about, you know, people like Stalin and Churchill and Lincoln and, uh, Pinochet and, and like all these all these folks who have either good or bad uh, in, uh, impacts upon the, uh, their their nation. So I, it's just like really I mean, weird how there's a selective how... memory. Maybe Octavia's a shitty student. Well, given that there are no countries <laughs> anymore, right? These people think that does the details of what countries there were in their histories probably doesn't matter much. Yeah, but why why wouldn't it's the like, con- you know, why wouldn't the concepts about- be important though? Why wouldn't emancipation be an important concept to teach, you know, like philosophy and, 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 and the things we learned throughout history. Like why, why does Bellamy read the Iliad? Why is that important? Uh, because the writers thought it would be cool. And then they're like, Oh, <laughs> let's just never talk like, about okay, that. Okay. So again, 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 how do, how do they know Gina about was real? Sorry. What? I mean, like how did, I mean, this is a fairly obvious one, I think, but how do they know about Oppenheimer and his quote? I mean, obviously nuclear, probably nuclear, uh, uh, history yeah. is is a big thing, so, you know. But here's the thing. Okay, so let's say Story they had it. landed in. Uh, let's say that they landed in London. Like, uh-huh. would they have known Big Ben? And would it have been weird that they did not know Big Ben? Like, or or the Eiffel Tower? Like, I I guess I guess, uh, I right, guess all, I'm just all, like all the French presidents or all the you know. Do they know all the Venezuelan presidents? You know, and they probably don't. I think we think it's weird because we are American and that is a super obvious it's fucking Lincoln. Um, but, but I, I know what think- Big Ben is. I know what the Eiffel Tower is. I like know what these major um, the, these major um, landmarks are. And I know major points of history, even if it's not non even if it's non U.S. history. So I'm just like. It's weird. Could like, somebody I, like teach a, a world history course and just like gloss over some of these things or, for the kids on the art? Like, do you know all the important people in the history of France? I said, je- I said, big parts of history. Like, well, I know who Napoleon I mean, is. I know who you know. 
I know about the, the French Revolution and stuff like that. I don't know all the, the little minute details. To me, Abraham Lincoln is not a minute detail in world history. Mm-hmm. He, he, you know, he, he uh, signed the Emancipation Proclamation, which put a, an end to slavery in the United States. And I think but- that's a huge thing in world, in, in at least Western history. Right, but okay, so here here's a little bit, uh, example of why maybe Octavia wouldn't or maybe Lincoln or just general Earth history wouldn't be as important. So if you, I say the word Hitler, and we all know who I'm talking about. We all know atrocities, we all know whatever. So we all know that. But if you go to Southeast Asia, for example, they're not really taught that sort of aspect of history. So you wind up with t-shirts with Hitler printed on it and it's cool to wear because it's this like Western graphic. It's this Western icon, but there's no, there's a complete disconnect of like, actually you shouldn't be doing that because he was kind of the worst. You Um, mean like, like little white college kids wearing Che Guevara uh, t-shirts? Very, very similar to that. Um, Yeah. Do so, your history. Do your research, folks. Jesus then Christ. Then again, we don't even know what they were taught on the Ark. Like, why is Earth history? Uh, I mean, yes, you would argue that history repeats itself. You should, you know, be aware of these sorts of things. Um, but, you know, why teach Earth skills? You're probably not going to go down to the Earth. Oddly enough, the hundred did, but that's, you know, whatever. Like, I feel like it would make more sense to me if on the Ark you were taught reading, writing, math, and then whatever your trade is going to be. Yeah, I, the Earth skills Junior thing fucking is, is liberal weird. arts education. Like, <laughs> you you would think that like they would have a very specific uh, track for each person. Like they would teach Earth skills to the the kids that they expected would teach Earth skills to the next generation, and then Earth skills to the next generation until so it's like the, the giver until they actually got to the to the generation where you had to teach everyone Earth skills because everybody was going down. Um, to earth, you know, it's just, to me, it's like, why, why aren't there like specific tracks that people are assigned to? Um, it just, I don't know. We we need, we need a prequel on, on the space station. Yeah. But anyway, we've got, I, we, I I dove into a a rabbit hole there. Cause I want to, the other thing, uh, I want to ask, I want to ask what's Lexa reading, (laughs) right? Grounders can read. What the? What? No, it, it totally I'm makes so sense. She's just looking at the pictures. <laughs> I mean, I liked, I don't know, like, I kind of picture that, like, maybe, like, what if, like, she's reading, like, complete trash, too? Like, what if, what if she's reading, like, Gone Girl like, or something? Or, like, Flowers in the Attic. <laughs> right? <laughs> like, so complete. Sweet Valley High. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I guess I, I kind what of What is Lexa no, reading, probably, Twitter listeners? reading the I Ching or something like that. Um, yeah, what is she reading? Uh, we've got our next poll question. Right? Uh, 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 poll question. Everything. Yeah, what the mo- what motherfuck is she reading? Like, I, I want to say, oh, she's reading something like Shakespeare. Um, but nobody because- wants to sit around reading Shakespeare. <sighs> I Confession time. I mean, time. then again, she did fall asleep. Am I right? Oh, my God. All right. We're going to come to blows over this. These violent delights have <laughs> violent ends. I love Shakespeare. I'm just making a joke. Call me your Okay. Con- confession time. Okay. Uh, in regards to my tits. I oh. thought about becoming a Shakespeare scholar after uh, after my undergrad. 
So you didn't enjoy a paycheck is what you're telling me. You're like, I'm going to be a free spirit living in a van. Look, doing summer stock on the East Coast. I I double majored in literature and creative writing and minored in philosophy. At that point in time, I had no. Clue and what do you do again world. for for a job? I am I am a, a uh, I am a product marketing manager in the software industry, um, and it is quite lucrative. So I sold out. <laughs> <laughs> I sold the fuck out. Hey everybody, Jen here. We're doing another two-part podcast, so I hope you enjoyed part one of episode 10. We're going to have part two up in a couple of days, so thanks for sticking around with us, and may we geek again.